Hallelujah. So, um, without further ado, uh, we, I think it will be probably about 20 weeks or so um, before Jeannie and Elliot get planted in Botswana with Naomi's going back with them. Um, but their older son and daughter is, and son-in-law are staying here. But they're not going forever. They're going to be planted out of Kingdom Advance Network. But whilst they're still with us, we're going to get all that we can. But let me just tell you, when we went to Botswana with them, we had the privilege of being with them last year for a couple of weeks. And um, the reputation, they hadn't been in Botswana for 20 years they moved out. They've been in the UK about 20 years. Is that about right? Um, but obviously, they, they are known there, and they have a reputation there, one of excellence, one of honor, one where people talk uh, very highly and esteem them highly. And you don't do that by being a fly or by having a surface kind of an experience or life. It's because you've made an impact. And they made an impact before they came here. And what they're going to go back and do will be very weighty. It won't be, we're going back to just start another church like every other church. It's on a word from the Lord to transform nations. And so they're carrying vision. They're carrying, if you were here with Jane Hammond last week, you heard Jane minister prophetically over them, which I was thrilled because we need a word to work with as they go back. So we're looking forward to getting that typed up. But while they're still with us, we're loving them, we're embracing them, and we're going to suck out and pull out all that they are carrying in the anointing. And so let's welcome Elliot and Jeannie as they come to minister to us tonight. Or is it just Elliot? We say we love you. We're glad you're part of the house and we can't wait to hear the word through you. So heaven, heaven. enjoy. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Before you sit down, can I just ask you if you could please just stand up and uh, let's just pray together. I need your prayers as I stand here. Um, can we just begin to pray in the spirit, please? We invite you here today, Lord. Pray your presence, your glory. Fill this house, Jehovah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We arrest every power, spirit of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to look at someone, could be two or three people, and just say to them, do you know you are valuable to him? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. As I 
was seeking the Lord for this message. Um, he gave me the word, and I'm going to be speaking on the title, or it's titled, The Calling Out. In Exodus chapter 3, that will be our key scripture. It will be based in Exodus chapter 3. And many of you will be familiar with this word. And if I may read uh, from verse 1, it reads, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock, or he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And I'm going to come back. When you hear the name Moses, I want you to put your name there. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and heard their cry because of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore. Look at somebody say, come now. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, and I will come back and continue from here, the excuses that Moses gave to God. In verse 1, we read that Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, as he was tending the sheep of his father-in-law, one day he decided, I'm going to take the sheep to the back of the mountain, of which he did. And in verse 1, we, there is a principle there that we see it running through Scripture. And that is that many a time when God calls you, he always has a way of putting you under someone to serve under. Is that true? In Luke chapter 16, the Lord Jesus puts it this way. He says, If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? 
And God has a way of putting us under teachers for us to learn, to mature. And the greatest thing or the, the, the value or the, the worth or what the quality he's looking for or searching for in us is nothing else but faithfulness. And if God can count you to be faithful with another man's, then he can release to you what is fully yours. Amen. There are many examples in the scriptures of men and women who began from really out of nothing and they served under someone and they rose to the top. Some of the examples is that of Elijah. Elijah, when he was called by Elijah, the Bible says he washed Elijah's hands. Hallelujah. He performed and served the man of God. And all he did was, in Africa, you wouldn't do this as a man to serve another man and pour water and wash his hands. That is something that is delegated for people that are lesser. Amen? It, I think it's commonplace. And this teaches us about something that God is saying, you have to learn to humble yourself. Hallelujah. And... As we were coming in here this evening, this message kind of like started from the beginning when Jenny started to say, there is a vision that we are, God wants you to see. Amen. It could be that God has already given you the vision on the back of what um, did prophesied. It's powerful that God has given you and I a vision. God is calling us out to serve him. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what level of education you have got. He is calling you out for him to use you. Hallelujah. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, David as well poor, uh, served soul. Timothy served uh, Paul. The Bible says in verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with the fire, but the bush was not consumed. Somebody say, God opened my eyes. We need, you need for God to open your eyes to see what is ahead of you, to see what is in front of you. What I have noticed Jesus used to say, those that say can see are blind. And those that are blind are the ones that actually see. It's interesting that in the natural we can see things, but in the spiritual your eyes need to be opened. Hallelujah. And God wants you to see in the spiritual. He wants you and I to see in the spiritual. For us to not be led by the flesh, but to be led by the spirit. There is somewhere in Proverbs where it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So God gives us a vision to to cause us to be disciplined, or rather vision brings discipline to each and every man or woman. Amen. So you do need your vision, God-given vision. And if you have forgotten it someday or somehow, we are going to pray that the Lord will revisit you today. 
and speak to you. There isn't anyone in this room that doesn't have a calling. Every one of you. Amen? So when Moses turned aside and God saw that Moses had turned aside, the Lord says to Moses, or calls him, Moses, Moses. And I said, put your name there. Elliot. When God called me, and I had just come into faith, I was around about three months into faith. And God, some good 22 years ago now, and the, the, I was convinced the Lord said, I'm going to send you to your people. I was saved in a different city in Botswana and Hebron. I had just come unto the Lord or received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And after that, I received the Lord each and every week for four weeks. Every Sunday, I was coming to the front to receive more of Jesus. That's how hungry I became. Amen. I became a fanatic for Jesus. And the pastor once said, Oh, Elliot, you don't have to come to the front now. You've had enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I thought each and every Sunday you had to go there to get a fresh revisitation. Hallelujah. And when God, three months later, God said, I'm going to send you to your people. That's where I was coming from, my village. I was three months in the church. I didn't know the ABCs of God. I didn't know the theology. I didn't have it. I hadn't even attended, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, home school, uh, yeah, home groups. I hadn't even attended those. But I was convinced God had spoken to me. In fact, he did. And so I went to... My pastor and I said, um, I'm convinced God wants me to go home. And he says, to do what? So I said, I think he wants me to go and start the church. So, <laughs> so he laughs and uh, tries to be very diplomatic. And he says, well, if God has said that, uh, that's okay. Let's, I'll keep praying for you. Well, as he was praying, I was going ahead and uh, resigned. <laughs> from my work, six months into this. And I resigned and I said, uh, I'm going. He said, why are you going? I said, well, I told you three months ago, God has sent me home, so I'm going. And he couldn't believe it. So he, he thought to himself, what am I going to do to do with this one? You know, so I went ahead, went home. And when I got there, I said uh, to my mother, I said, God has sent me here. She said, God has sent you? I said, yes. To do what? <laughs> said, yeah. So I said, well, to start the church. So I said, okay. So what are, you, what are you going to do then? I said, um, I want you to tell your friends. Call all your friends and uh, everyone else and tell them uh, on Friday we are having church. So where are we having church? I said, um, 
I don't know. Maybe we can start in your house if you allow us. And she said, okay, you can use uh, my house. And Friday comes, and uh, I kind of like hoped nothing would happen. (laughs) So Friday comes, and uh, seven people come. So now I'm in a dilemma. (laughs) I wasn't praising God. Here are seven people who have come to hear what I've got to say. So I said, okay, fine. Six o'clock, it's time for church. Let's come in here and let's worship. So we started singing and worshiping. And God is so faithful. And um, we started singing and worshiping. And they sang the songs that they were familiar with. About uh, 15, 20 minutes into that, I, was, I stood now to kind of like give my sermon. And as I stood, the whole crowd went down. (laughs) I stood up and the whole crowd was down. The seven people went down. I don't know what had hit them, but they were making some funny noises on the floor. So I rejoiced. For the next one hour, nobody said anything. They were just rolling and doing stuff and speaking in unknown tongues. But when they came up, I said, hallelujah, this is church. We are meeting again next Friday. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Interesting. (laughs) When God calls Moses in verse 4, Moses says, Here I am. And the question today is, Kim, Kevin, I'm saying familiar names, Pam, have you answered your call? And many of you, I haven't called your name, just put your name there. It is there. This is an example how God called one man, called Moses. But today he is speaking to you through the story of Moses. To say he's called you. He's calling you out from your comfort zones. He's calling you out from your office. He's calling you out from your job. He's calling you out from your company. And he's saying, I have prepared you for something very, very important. Are you there? Has he heard you say, here I am? Amen. There are many in the church whom God has spoken to and they have not responded. So today God is calling you out. God is asking for a response or is looking for a response from you. He wants you to stand up and declare and say, here I am. Hallelujah. Isaiah was in a room one day praying and the presence of God hit the place where he was. And the Bible makes us to understand that God spoke to him eventually and said, Whom shall we send? And Isaiah said, Here I am. Somebody shout, Here I am. Hallelujah. In First Samuel chapter 3, reading from verses 1 to 4, there is a story of a young man or a young boy 
His name was Samuel. Samuel was young and serving God. In fact, he was serving under a prophet or a priest named Eli. And one day God speaks to this young man when he is going to or was going to bed. And God calls him and says, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel mistakes the, the voice of God for that of Eli. So he runs to Eli and says, did you call me? And the Bible makes us to understand he did that about three times. Yes, he wasn't familiar with the voice of God. God had not spoken to him before. So he went to the man who he served under and asked for guidance. Hallelujah. And he said, did you call me? Eventually, the Bible makes us to understand Eli then perceived that God was talking to the young man. And he said, when he calls again, said, here I am. Hallelujah. So God is calling. I want to hear what you're going to say. God is calling you. Here I am. Hallelujah. Amen. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, the Lord says, take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. John fifteen sixteen says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Hallelujah. He's speaking to you. He's saying he has chosen you. He has called you. You may be hearing the words through the lips of Eliot. But God sent Moses. And when he sent Moses, he said, Oh, Moses, by the way, I have come down to deliver the children of Israel from their oppression. When Moses went, everybody else must have thought, This is Moses. Forty years ago, this is the guy who wanted to rise up and make himself a leader. Do you remember? But God has said, no, 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 Moses, this is me going, not you. Amen. So it is God in you. God that has ordained you. God that has chosen you. God that has anointed you. That empowers you to go on his behalf. Now in the New Testament we know that we are baptized with the spirit of God. He lives in us. He resides deep within us. Hallelujah. It is not the old typology of the Old Testament where it was a shadow. No, this is the real thing. God lives in me. Hallelujah. He lives in you. And God is calling you out. Says for far too long, I've been waiting for you to take a step of faith and come out and answer your call and step into your true identity. The vision that I have given you is for many to be released, many to be freed, many to be healed, many to be empowered. The young David was a magician. He didn't know he was being raised up (coughs) to become a king. His talent that God had given him was to play a harp. 
And I, we understand how through that talent, David uh, 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 learned how to worship God. Spent much of his time with God through the hub. When he played, God was listening. David didn't know. When he was alone in the bush there and he's playing, looking after his father's sheep, God was listening. And what men saw as a shepherd, God saw a king. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, they haven't seen the real you yet. Hallelujah. As God calls Moses, Moses begins to come up with some excuses. In verse 11, when God says to Moses in verse 10, Come now, therefore I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses must have thought, oh God, Pharaoh. <laughs> you know, Moses had, I think at this point, he was having a little talk with God and says, hang on a minute. Uh, God, can, before you finish your sentence, uh, what you're going to say, uh, I'm not going back to Egypt. Pharaoh tried to kill me. 40 years ago. Maybe you didn't know God. <laughs> you know. Sometimes we are so afraid of things of the past. And we have heard a prophetic word earlier on that the devil wants to use a, 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 a robe or a tag to hold us near so that we do not go into our true calling. But God is saying today, you are into his presence. You are into the glory of glories. And there, there is free place for you to go. There are no limitations. Hallelujah. <coughs> Moses says to God in verse 11, <laughs> But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Moses, when Moses thought of Pharaoh, he saw a great, powerful king with the most... <clears throat> Sophisticated, excuse me, army of his time. He was afraid. And he thought, God, that's a king with the most advanced military on earth. Now, me going to him alone, it's not possible. God isn't calling you to do what is possible. He's not calling you to do what you've qualified for. He's calling you to do the impossible. He's calling you to do what he qualifies you for. Hallelujah. He's not calling you for you to say at the end, I did it. Amen. 
He's calling you to do that. Whatever, after you've done it, you say, he's done it. Amen. Moses says, who am I? And many of us sometimes ask or we say this, who am I? Who am I really? That I should go. Steve and uh, Jenny talk about this. And Jenny mentioned it again this morning, or rather this evening, which is God called them to come to Burton. And I wonder whether this came to mind at some point. Who am I that I should go to Burton? They didn't. Amen. Or they did, but eventually they had to rise up in faith and said, we are going. Put the house on the market and said, yeah, we are going. Hallelujah. I want you to understand when God calls you to follow him, he is not necessary, or rather it's not out of, you would not have fear in you. You would have it. You would be afraid. You would ask intelligent questions. You would have a conversation with God and tell him this would not work because of A, B, C, and D. It happens to all. Amen. God is saying, in the midst of your fear, can you trust him? Do you have faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And God is calling out your faith today. He said, rise up in your faith level. Hallelujah. Moses says, who am I? I want to move quickly. That's the first one. Uh, excuse. Verse 13 says, <clears throat> after God had said to him, now you, you have to go. <clears throat> then Moses said to God, <clears throat> indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Um, some of the questions Moses asked God really smart questions. So I'm going there, Lord, and I'm going to go to the children of Israel. You know, this uh, children of Israel in Egypt, um, and the Egyptians have Ra, and they have many gods in the land. You know, so when I go there, <clears throat> and I say to them, God has sent me. You know, they know gods. It's not like a new word. So what am I going to say to them when they say who exactly sent you? There are spiritual entities. Let me get out of the physical, get into the spiritual, which there are spiritual entities controlling territories. And in a way, what Moses was asking was something to, that would legitimize his going back to Egypt, that would back his going back to Egypt spiritually. So when I get there and all the million gods of the Egyptians challenge me, what shall I say to them? And you and I today know that Jesus has said, I have given you my name. Jesus has said, go in my name. Jesus has said, in my name you shall cast out uh, devils. Hallelujah. In my name you shall say to to to, to, to the sick, be healed and they will be healed. You shall say to the dead, rise up and they will come back to life. To those 
that believe. Do you believe? Hallelujah. So what shall I say to them? And this question, by the way, I've been asking it a lot lately. <laughs> Amen. It's not something that I'm going to stand there to say in one on one service. For the next years of my life or my wife's or my family, when we'll be there, we'll have to say something. And what are we going to say to them? Hallelujah. <clears throat> God has empowered you to speak to the audience he's sending you to. Hallelujah. I don't worry. I know that someone is waiting for me there. Amen. As soon as I get there, I know God would have something for me to share with them. Amen. In verse 14 says, And God said to him, I am who I am. And he said, That shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, That shall you say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, uh, the God of covenant he is speaking about, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial, my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. You are not going to speak like Moses, but you are going to have something to say. <clears throat> And I have said, I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, there will be challenges. Yes, the land is occupied, but it doesn't matter. I am on your side. Amen. <clears throat> then they will heed your voice and shall come. And you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now please let us go three days, journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And possibly we need to be standing on this scripture a lot nowadays, and say, you've got to let us go. We speak to the Pharaoh in the EU and say, you've got to let us go. You have got to let us go that we may come to worship the Lord. We have got to, t- to, to, to break those ties and come out of those structures where we can stand in a place that God has ordained for us. And stand and lift up our hands in this place, in the wilderness, in this world of sin and say, we know the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not being political. I'm just saying what God is doing and what we should be doing. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know why I stopped, so I'm trying to look for that verse. 19. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. It it carries on. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. 
And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Now, I was thinking about this, and I thought, that's really interesting. And I kind of like imagined Moses the first day he actually went out in the bush and looked at the trees, and he chose a branch. And he thought, yeah, that looks like something I can use for a shepherd stick. He cuts it off, takes it home, you know, just takes off this few branches and leaves off it, leaves it to dry, <clears throat> and eventually removes the buck and, uh, you know, shapes it into whatever he wants to do with it, and he carries it. Interesting, Moses looked at that stick as, after that, just as a stick. This is, this is really of no use. It's just a stick. All I'm going to use this for is just to hit the sheep occasionally. <laughs> hit the flock occasionally with it. Bring them onto line. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Other than that, there was no other use for it. Interestingly, for many of us, our talents lay dormant. Because we've looked at them as, well... This is easy for me. It's second nature to me. You do it and you don't even realize you're actually doing that. You are a mighty woman or man who gives good counsel. And you, you don't even recognize it because when you get into that zone, that's your zone. That's your true you. You don't even realize how people want to get to know more and receive from you. You don't realize it. It's just a stick. Am I making sense? You don't realize it. You are a writer. You don't realize how easy it is for you to write. <coughs> and you write with so ease. I mean, for some of us, you'd have to break sweat to write one sentence. <laughs> but with you, it just flows. And God is saying, use that. That's your stick. Amen? Use it. Moses, God didn't try to change Moses' stick. He took, he took it and said, I'm going to use it. Give it to God and say, use it. Some of you are great speakers. And when you stand to speak, you would move multitudes. And God is saying, let me use you. Amen. Moses' worry was, they will not listen to me. God is saying, don't worry about it. Look at somebody and says, don't worry about it. <clears throat> in verse 10 of chapter 4, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since. You have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So in other words, God, you have made a mistake. I'm not the kind of guy who can go and stand before the great king, Pharaoh, and actually represent you. I'm so sorry you picked the wrong guy. I haven't got the words. Amen. 
I'm a stammerer or a, or a shatra or whatever you call it. Moses saw his deformity in, in speech and thought that's, that's not going to work. And many of us, we see our weaknesses a lot. Hallelujah. And the devil has a way of magnifying these weaknesses that they become real big giants that we cannot overcome them. Or they can never be good enough. But God is saying to you, you are going to be great. He is going to speak through you. Hallelujah. He said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you, I ordained you, and made you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah thought, no, no, you, you've, not me, Lord, not me. I'm just a youth. I'm young. It could be young in age or young in the Lord. Amen? And God is calling, is calling you and speaking to you today. He said, for all these years, you could have been born yesterday, you've come to know the Lord. But God is saying to you, he's going to use you. Amen? This is not about age. It's not about how long you've been in the church. It's about him using you. Maybe you've been away from him or you went away and you're coming back or you've come back to him. And today he's saying to you, son, daughter, you have come to the right place. I, had, I have ordained this day so that I could speak to you. This African guy, you have no clue where he comes from. So at least just listen to his words. Amen. Because I, am, I have sent him here to talk to you and say to you, I'm going to use you. I need you. Hallelujah. The last point he mentioned was in verse 13. Another excuse. Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomsoever else you may send. Not me, Lord. Not me, Lord. I don't have the theology, remember? I don't have the experience. I don't have the uh, connections. You know, I'm sure Moses looks back at his life and said, you know, I killed a man in Egypt. And everybody knows my history. In fact, my, my, my name is still at the police offices. I'm sure it, with a picture on it and still looking. Have you seen this man? <laughs> Wanted, amen. When you see him, don't try to, up, to, to arrest him alone. He's dangerous and armed. Forty years later, Moses, this was bothering him. And today, what is it that might be bothering you? What is it that might be holding you back? Is there anything that you can look back to and say, yeah, you know, I'm, I really disappointed God there. God is saying to you today, you didn't. It was a plan all along. I want you to come back to me. I want to use you. I'm calling you out to send you. I want you to understand that this land, not just Britain, but the world needs you. Your family needs you. Friends and family need you. People out there that you do not know, they need you. And God is sending you to businesses. 
the marketplace. He's sending you to those that are in education, in schools. He's sending you to those that are in the, in, in the health department. He's, send, he's sending you wherever he has qualified and planted you in. That's where he's sending you. Hallelujah. Shall we stand up, please, on our feet, if we can? And today, if you are here, and you say, yes, I've heard that word. That's me. It may not be for each and every one of us here. But you may be that one person that has been trying to run away from the call. You've had a zillion excuses not to follow God, not to embrace the vision. Or you have forgotten what the vision was. The devil has clouded you, but today is the day for you to break loose. Amen. Today is a day for you to break loose. There is faith in this place. God is here. Fear has no place here today. Hallelujah. And if you are here, you are saying, look, I'm taking that step of faith. I'm trusting God to use me. I want you to step forward. Hallelujah. I want you to step forward. Into your ministry. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Jenny uh, to come here and, and lead us. It's a great word. You know, it might just be, I want, Lord, you to stir something fresh in me, or I already know what I'm called to. There can be all sorts of reasons why you're not, you haven't responded or you're not responding. Let, let the Lord deal with you. Let the Lord come and affirm your heart again.